We have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then, no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of Double Game Week 28 and preview of Round 29. This episode is brought to you by Patrick Rick. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait. Um, I mean, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight we're shaking things up a little bit. Uh, Of course, we have our new regular co-hosts, Mike Denton, with us. And also, we're joined by two great fantasy minds from the big D soccer community, Phil Luchford and Ben Lyon. Welcome, gents. Good evening. evening. Nice to be here. So I'm really excited to have you guys here tonight. Uh, As Mike pointed out, uh, except for myself, of course, this is our all-SB Nation uh, guest lineup. And... uh, Phil, as I understand it, you and Ben have a special rivalry bet going on right now the season? That's right. We have an article on Big D Soccer called Fantasy Fisticuffs, and uh, we started way back in preseason with uh, some of our picks each week. But it's not only a weekly fantasy column. No, no, no. Much more than that. Uh, we are combatants in a Fantasy Fisticuffs rivalry, and there's a wager we have where it's actually over now. It went through round 27, uh, so that was two weeks, two rounds ago. And the loser has to walk around the Toyota Stadium complex and be shamed, Cersei Lannister style. Hashtag so, spoilers. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I am the loser. So, if you want to see me shamed, you're going to have to come out to the last home game for FC Dallas, which is against Seattle. And Ben is going to walk behind me with the wood block and yell out shame as I walk around the complex. Uh, now, I only lost by six points. And uh, out of we've each scored in the 2200s now. So that's 0.3% difference. That's like a margin of error difference between us. But yet, I have to be the one that's shamed. And in the last week... I actually have passed Ben in fantasy points, so hmm, maybe uh, Ben should have a little punishment too. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, my punishment is going to be walking around with the cowbell and a block and having you nude in front of me. <laughs> oh, That's snap. my better side, though. Actually, <laughs> I, I'm I'm torn with with this image because that's that's just frightening to me. But I mean, in general, we know that the world does need more cowbell. But I don't know if that's quite worth it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but, regardless of where you guys stand right now, I know you're both still pretty high in the ranking. So you've got yeah, a lot of fantasy it. knowledge. Ben was hard to catch up because he's been in the top ten since round six. And I've been just outside the top 10 for that long, too. And so we're both really close to the money. So if we can both pull out a top 10 finish, then we'll both be happy no matter who's naked and who's being shamed. 
<laughs> well, Great. since we're already talking about our teams, so how did your guys' teams do in round 28? And most importantly, did everyone, uh, I don't think you did, Mike, uh, who wildcarded and who did not? Well, speaking for myself, the last round was very, very poor. Um, <laughs> I, I see people leaping in front of me uh, <laughs> at, a, at a, a rapid place. I ended up uh, with an overall rank of 23, which is my, my lowest rank in, oh gosh, since round five. I scored 70. Um, I did not wild card, which is the upshot because I noticed that everybody um, wild carded this round and, and <laughs> really benefited from it. I finished with a score of 70. And uh, gosh, I really, really need to uh, turn my wild card into gold here whenever I do that. Yeah, someone who Captain Dos Santos beat you just with him. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. <laughs> no problem. Just, it's it's the, that new host hazing. Uh, yeah, my team, I wildcarded back in 27. Um, I ran into an injury slash international call-up wall. And so I figured if I wildcarded then, I could set myself up for this past round and, and the rounds leading up to 32. And, you know, I really just don't care about 32 because it's a bunch of crap games. So uh, I decided I'd plan, you know, to do well in the games leading up to that. So I've wildcarded. Uh, this past round, I didn't do great. I started at ninth place, and I fell to 12th, and I scored 100-and-something points. So... Uh, not my best, but uh, I think I'm set up well. Even though I've used a wild card, I, I really planned out the next few weeks, so I'm still, I still have a good plan coming up, so I'm still satisfied. Yeah, I mean, I, like we talked about it, I wild carded last week. I got 90 points this round, which I think was pretty good because I didn't have either Plata or Dos Santos. Um, so hit the jackpot from there. Thanks, Robbie Keane, extra transfer. Um yeah, I mean, I'm set, I'm set up pretty decent um, to go into 32. Um, I, I wish my player p picks had been better, but I think it was still the right decision for me to, to wild card last week. I, I, looking at kind of the other team's scores, I, I think you could have wild carded last week and taken advantage of this week. just kind of depends on, on who you picked up. Yeah, I was really pleased. I did use my wild card this round. I got 107 points, and so I shot up pretty good in, in the ranks since I've been doing pretty poor in the middle of the season and fell down. Uh, some of the ones I did not get were Dos Santos. I went with the double Montreal forwards. Uh, I was just very moved by the likes of Jason talking about that and went with that option. I also did not go with MPG, but I went with Legette instead, and I thought that was going to hurt me after that first game when MPG did pretty well, but Legette got 12, MPG got 14, so not a not a big deal there. But uh, yeah, 107 points. I was very pleased with that, and uh, I still managed to get one red arrow, which just shows you how difficult some of the leagues I am in are. You guys suck. Uh, but mostly, mostly great. Speaking of Jay, just want to point out he called all the people who walk hard in 27 idiots. He scored 89 points. I scored 90. There you go. Not here to defend himself, but I just want to put that out there. That so <laughs> worth it. Well, I thought round 28 was a pretty good round. Uh, there were a lot of buys. There were a lot of big scores. I thought it was pretty well balanced. 
what were just some of the general thoughts or impressions you guys took away from this past double game week? Always have the guy named Geo. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I, I I think the biggest surprise for me, and I'm sorry, Mike, is is that New England game. No, I, I was I was gonna say I was surprised by them coming out and, and really going for it, not just feeling a pretty much A plus team. But the way they played, I mean, they were pressing New York City. So that's a very energetic, um, physically taxing style that they played. So, I mean, they went all out. And clearly New York City wasn't ready for it. Uh, I don't know what that's going to mean for New England against arrested FC Dallas in Dallas. Uh, I'll let these guys talk about that. But, I mean, I, I think that was the big one. Um, you know, Orlando going up and stomping Montreal. Um, with Drogba missing a penalty and one of the worst penalties I've seen. Um, oh, man. That was just weird. <laughs> um, you also have Houston scoring three goals, period, but in San, uh, in, uh, in San Jose, um, in Kansas City. Um, I mean, other than that, I thought the matchups kind of were, were what I expected, but you did have some weird ones, which touched on the double game. And, of course, Roe um, – doing his best Brad Guzan inter- impression and letting in two goals that he really shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, could you call that a Josh Saunders impression too, though? I- I'm not going to be that mean to, to DeBron. Oh, okay. Come on. Okay. I mean, come on. Let's give, 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 give a break. He's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. I, I was also really taken by the second L.A. game. I, I remember I was just casually checking the scores. I was getting ready for work. So I was not watching that game, and I was like, "Oh, look, it's it's a one-one L.A. Orlando." Okay, well, I'll, I'll see how that is. And a few minutes later, I check, I just hit refresh, and I'm like, "Oh, wow, three to one. That's that's getting out of hand." And it and it did. And I saw who the scores were from, and I saw Giovanni Dos Santos, and I went, "Crap, he is not on my team." Yeah, I felt the same way. But you know, good for him, and we'll be sure to talk about him a little less. Uh, but before we wrap up this this little review section are there any fantasy insights or takeaways that you guys have found or learned from this round that you're going to carry with you for these last few that we have in the season uh, and no no is an acceptable answer <laughs> well um my insight will be that i really need to avoid any kind of work obligations right before um, <laughs> deadline times that way, um, you know, I have I have my full focus on what's important, which is fantasy soccer. Uh, the only takeaway, I don't know if it's a takeaway, but um, Alex and Minotas for Houston both scored. Uh, I know, I'm sure we'll be talking about this later, but obviously we're all keeping tabs on Houston because they're one of the double game week teams in 32. So if, if they can get scoring again and have some decent offensive options, that's important for planning because Alex and Minotas are both really cheap. You can easily pick them up and stash them on your bench for 31 and then rotate them in uh, in 32. So them scoring to me was important because it suggests that they might be worth picking up. They have a nice run, 30 and 31, both home games, a double game week, and then followed by another home game. Some of them, I mean, they all have the potential of being kind of tough home games, but we do know that the home form that teams tend to show in MLS is is very advantageous. So a nice late run of form from them could be very helpful. 
And I think for me, the the bit of fantasy insight I've taken away is I captain Piotti, and I think I'm done with that for the rest of the year. <laughs> Don't know if that'll be a problem, just looking at their schedule, but even when that double game week comes up, he'll most likely still be on my team, and uh, he will not be one of my choices. He's not Geo choice? Not not Geo choice for me. Uh, <laughs> but with, with hope, I think, as many others were... Fingers crossed for Geo to be back by then. But speaking of who's in and who's out, housekeeping time, Mike, what's your injury report look like for this round? Okay, well, we'll start with um, Giovinco. Um, he was originally out four weeks. I talked to I think maybe last week or the week before about him being out through 32. Last week, Vanny said that he might be back as soon as this week against New York. Um, we haven't gotten any more updates. My advice to you would be to be cautious about that. Every player Toronto has had injured, they've slowly brought them back from injury. Like we've mentioned Clint Irwin. He was supposed to start last week. They gave him another week off. Josie Altador slowly got rotated back in. TFC's looking pretty easy to win the East. I don't think they need to push it. So it wouldn't surprise me if they slowly brought him back in. So just kind of keep Giovinco on your radar unless we get something new. Uh, this week. As for everyone else, uh, Higuain, he was out, um, wasn't in the A-team. He's still dealing with pain. We have Columbus writing articles about whether or not his time in Columbus is done. So I don't know if he's going to be in or out, but it seems like he's had a pain issue he just can't get rid of. So I would be very cautious about him with double game weeks coming up and all that. Uh, Graham Zussi is doubtful for their CCL match and their regular game this uh, week. A um, bunch of Houston guys returned to training, namely David Horst, uh, Andrew Winger, and Mansley. Uh, they all returned to training, no word about the, if they'll play. Uh, no Torino for Orlando, left early with a hamstring injury. Franklin for D.C., left early with a right calf injury. He'll be getting an MRI this week. Zubar left with five minutes into the match with a hamstring. Uh, Dax McCarty missed the 18 with a hamstring injury. Um, so that's kind of flared up back for him again. Um, Andre Blake, he finished the match, but he looked hurt after getting tangled in Montreal's late equalizer. So just kind of be aware of that. Um, Javier Morales was subbed on and then had to be subbed back off with a right quad injury. Um, Ty Bear for uh, Vancouver was hurt, had to be subbed off in the 55th minute. Um, and then Tashani and Bravo are the red cards. And I'm not aware of anyone getting yellow card accumulation, but check back with me in the middle of the week because MLS doesn't update its discipline page. Um, other than that, um, there's CCL action this week. Um, that involves uh, Portland, New York, Sporting Kansas City, and Vancouver. And then, of course, the U.S. Open Cup final is uh, tomorrow or Tuesday between uh, New England and FC Dallas. So watch for those lineups during the week. Yeah, and that Open Cup game, Mike said, Tuesday the 13th at 10 o'clock. Uh, Dallas is hosting New England. Um, and we have two guys here from Dallas. So what do you all see as the potential impacts on round 29 for just this game with these teams? Uh, there's not really an impact on um, 29, I don't believe. Um, I, we, Dallas is going to play a full-strength lineup for sure. Uh, if you paid attention to the Dallas-Colorado uh, game over the weekend, 
uh, Diaz, Barrios, both came on at the half, uh, and then Grueso didn't play at all. So there were some key starters being held out for this Open Cup game. But then uh, that's Tuesday night, and they have until the weekend to recover. So I don't see any reason why the starters wouldn't be out in full force at New York City. Yeah, I would concur with that. Uh, I was kind of surprised, actually. I figured that they would probably rest on the back end in New York since you know they had the home game this weekend and then no travel between the home game and uh, the U.S. Open Cup final. But uh, it, now it looks like that they've done it in reverse. Um, they also rested uh, Figueroa. I always have trouble with that name. Fig is what we call him. Um, <laughs> or Figgy. Uh, yeah, after a, a couple of games with Honduras. So, yeah, I would imagine that they're pretty close to full strength at Yankee Stadium. So when you guys saw that New England lineup in – uh, 28, did you just feel happy about your chances for this Open Cup? Yes! <laughs> yeah. yeah, they played everyone but Camera from the start. So, And uh, Watson. They, they, they were supposedly hurt in training, and I'm doing an air quotes with that. <laughs> so they may or may not be available, quote, unquote. They'll be available. Yeah, so full 90 minutes on turf on Saturday. They rest, rested for an evening. I'm sure they flew out um, yesterday, and they're doing their walkthrough today, and they have a game tomorrow. Um, so I'm sure they're going to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Does anyone Did know it? what hotel they're staying in? I'm going to go set the fire alarm off. <laughs> <laughs> Never works. I, I'm sure that How many if hotels in Frisco are there? Oh, a lot. Oh. It's a big town now. I mean, it's one of the fastest-growing cities in America for the last decade. Well, there you go. Yeah. I feel like you had that response prepared. <laughs> you have no idea, Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that if Mr. Guy Sanchez were here right now, he would say, come on, these guys are paid money to play soccer. They should be ready for a turnaround like this. But, I mean, it's a lot of travel and airtime and time zones. And come on, Guy, lighten up. Well, and that'll be interesting for New England on the Montreal game. You mentioned FC Dallas going to New York, but New England's got to go to Montreal, so they don't have an easy trip of it either. Uh, I wonder if New England might rest on the back end some of their key, key guys other than Kamara and Watson. So maybe some, uh, if you have the Montreal guys on the GW, might get some points there. Oh, I agree, Mike. I've, I've got three impact players for this coming weekend, and I'm very sanguine about their prospects. Well, excellent. I'm, I'm glad you guys were here to give us some of those insights. And uh, if anybody does know what hotel the New England players are, tweeted at Phil. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> nothing bad will happen. To I'm going to bring them cookies. <laughs> of course. Some, some Dallas hospitality. That's, that's what I've always Tell heard. them the best barbecue spot in Frisco. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this next bit of news I'm very excited to mention because it's it's fun and some nice uh, new energy into the game as we're winding down. But over the next few weeks, so I guess just this week, but there is the a chance for new fantasy managers to win some big prizes thanks to the MLS Fantasy Redline Challenge. And basically all this means is for a new manager who joins in round 29, you will have the chance to compete for one of three prizes. Uh, first place is a $200 general or MLSstore.com gift card plus an MLS Live subscription. 
for the 2017 season. Second place is a $50 gift card and an MLS Live subscription for 2017. And third place is an MLS Live subscription for 2017. Uh, it's, it's just based on your score. So come in here, rock it out, and you're going to win some prizes with a good chance of that. And anyone who's already in the game, I'm sorry you can't win these prizes, but with hope you're like some of these big deep fans that we have here and are already in the shot for the money for the overall game. Or if you're in one of our leagues, the r slash fantasy MLS league or the MLS and fantasy insider almost said the head to head league, but we're not doing that. Just our classic league. Then we're going to have some prizes for that too. So I hope you're in one of those if you're a regular player, but if not, this is your chance to help MLS and us as fans grow the just body of interest for MLS and MLS fantasy. So red line, red line challenge. There's a link to it at r slash fantasy MLS. If you missed the post that Andrew winner made earlier today, it's a lot of fun, and uh, Mike, you said you're going to get your sister into it. Yeah, yeah, she's been looking to get into MLS because I keep talking about it. So I think I'm gonna take the opportunity and get in the fantasy game. So, and I'll, I'll probably be doing an article at Hudson River Blue just for the people who do the Red Line Challenge. It's kind of an easy guide for people who just have 120 uh, million to spend. So hopefully that'll oh, be a good guide and get some people. Aren't you into nice. It. I am so generous. And of course, what would a housekeeping section be without a quick mention about Patreon, uh, the service that we use that allows our fans of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast to give back to our show just to help us continue to cover some of the expenses that we have and to provide some of the cool prizes, not really prizes, uh, yes, prizes for our league, but cool swag that I've been sending out this year. Of course, I sent out the stickers already, which I know Mike received one of those and was very nice to show it off on Twitter. But also, I sent out our MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast pint glasses uh, last Friday, and those have started to arrive, and you'll see those popping up on, on Twitter now. Only sent out three because we had limited spots. I'll open up some more next year for, for some new donors. But they're pretty sweet, and if you haven't seen it yet, head over to the MLSFI account, a Twitter account, and you can see a little picture there. It's, it's nice, and they do exist, Mike, so you can't give me a hard time about these. Well, I mean, I don't have one, so I'm just basing it off of Twitter. I don't know if it actually exists. Right now. <laughs> I'm very skeptical. It's, it's a very intricate plan that I had. Uh, of course, one of the newest members who received one of the pint glasses is Winston Messer, and he was one of our top tier contributors to the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. Thank you so much, Winston, for doing that, and we look forward to trying to get you on the show sometime soon before the end of the season so we can chat for a while. Um, as everyone may or may not know, Mike started out as one of our contributors and is now a regular on the show. I can't promise that to everyone, but it's worked out well for Mike. Um, and as I always say, even if you don't donate to our show, I still appreciate all the listeners that we have. I love you for that. Jason and Simon won't. And that's just the flaw of their character. But thank you so much for listening. <laughs> uh, anybody else have an announcement to make before we move on to our questions and picks? No. Nah. Hearing none, we're going to move on there. Uh, one quick thing I will add, though, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, obviously Simon is not with us tonight. He normally does the recording of the show in his fancy schmancy studio, uh, but we have an alternate way of doing the recording, which I am doing tonight. So if you have noticed a quality issue, my bad, I'm just not as fancy as him, So, but we're getting it done. 
So first, as always, we started out with keepers and defenders. And uh, this is an interesting question. I thought about changing it for a second, but I'm, I'm just going to go with it because I think it's funny. Chicago, Houston, New England, Vancouver, these, these guys have all shown more life recently. Are any of their players worth getting in for these last six rounds, or are you still going to be betting against these teams as the season comes to a close? Uh, well, <clears throat> we talked about New England a little bit. They traveled to Montreal. Then they traveled to Columbus. Then they have a home game against Sporting Kansas City, and then they're on a bye. So the schedule is not really showing me anything there, and I don't really have any reason to get anyone from New England, so I'll pass. Uh, Houston, I, you know, I'm already biased because I'm a Dallas fan, so I'd tell you how terrible they are mostly. But uh, we, <clears throat> Mike was right on that one. We do have to pay a little bit of attention to them if. You want a full team in 32. So, you know, pay pay the minimum attention yeah. to them, and, but maybe consider them in 30. Uh, still, there's not really any uh, – well, potentially Alex is scoring well, but I wouldn't know who to get even on Houston, so I really have to maybe look into that more. On Chicago, there's two players I'm considering. The first one I already have is Campbell, and at 5-1, I mean, how can you not consider a cheap defender like that? And uh, – the other player is Delu, the forward. Actually, Ben on our column on Big D pointed him out several weeks ago, so before I even knew who he was. So kudos to Ben for alerting me to Delu and, and his good form of late. Boy, I really have needed to take my own advice recently. I also <laughs> pegged Patrick Mullins back in round 22, and, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of me ignoring my own advice recently. So not good. <laughs> yeah, um, um, Dulu's done pretty well for Chicago. Um, I, I think for some of these teams, it's just a dead cat bounce towards the end of the season. They, they start realizing that they have to win all of their games to make the playoffs, so they win a few games, and then they end up going back to being terrible teams again. Um, as, as far as Houston, we mentioned Alex. He's 5.9. Um, he has not scored less than four since week, I think, 14 or 19. I can't read my own handwriting there. But, I mean, if you look at his history, he's done pretty well when he's gotten 90 minutes, and he seems like finally he's gotten 90 minutes consistently. Um, if you're looking for a cheap forward, Minotis for Houston, they're really, really high on this kid. They think he's like their wonder kid. I don't know if that's true. But he's 6.0, and he might he might play um, both games in the GDW. And if you look at round 32 and think about all the offensive options that are there, there are not many, and most of the good ones are going to be on international duty. So he's someone to take a look at. Um, but other than that, I, I don't think you're going to get much from Vancouver. They're not consistent up front. Pedro Morales, he's on his way out of Vancouver. Um, New England – Agadello did very well against New York City. Maybe kind of keep an eye on him, but with no GDW and no um, and a buy in 32, I just don't think you can pick him up over the forward options with GDWs. So, I mean, I think you kind of stick to the teams that have double game weeks or who play in 32. Uh, I, I wouldn't go for a single game week player for any of those kind of lower tier teams. Well said. Uh, the next question. Of the top three defenders from this past round, two of them made the cut due to their offensive production. 
so should managers start to consider moving to more offensive defenders right now or stick with the bonus point producers of the proven past? Ben? Well, I mean, if you're talking about a guy like Marlon Harrison, um, then you have to strongly consider him as somebody you want to add. He's cheap. Colorado's got a lot of games coming up. Uh, any kind of international absences aren't going to hurt him. He actually plays as an attacking wing player. Um, and there's always the potential that he'll start out a game, play, say, 65, 70 minutes in a another predictable drab Colorado Rapids 0-0 game come out, and then whatever happens after that, he still gets the uh, clean sheet bonus point. So he's great. Um, that would be one player that if you're going to add a defender because you really feel like a defender is going to improve your team, then Marlon Harrison is your guy. Yeah, the, the two defenders that made the cut due to offensive production, that's Breck Shea and Jelly Van Dam. And Breck Shea is a sub. I mean, I wouldn't I would play any player that's not a starter. And uh, Van Dam had two assists, and that doubles his total all year. So I don't think either of those players are, are good markers to say that we need to change our strategy somehow. I, I, I will say this about Breck Shea. Um, He's got I, great I, hair. He does have he does have great hair and he yeah. knows how to c carry firearms very well. True. Um, I love his Instagram with all the shotguns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, very Texan. Got I, I, I play with a, a bunch of uh, MFLSers and we have a draft league and I had Breck Shea on my team for the last round and that was uh, that was very compelling. Um, they do have a double game week in round. 31, if I'm not mistaken. So right. if you really want to do something off the radar, that's, I mean, it's at least an interesting roll of the dice. I mean, if you get a clean sheet, a goal, and an assist, then you're looking at, you know, uh, probably 20, 25-point round out of a defender. I mean, that's tough to beat. Look up Breck Shea's Instagram. Okay. Um <laughs> So picks for keepers and defenders. Mike kicks off. Okay, um, I think for keeper, um, if you if you got him, I'd be probably usual Simon advice: stick with whoever you have. But um, I would pick Timmy Howard this week, home against San Jose. Um, San Jose is not a very good uh, scoring team, so you have a really good opportunity for a clean sheet there. Uh, for defenders, for the same reason, go Holberry. And then I will go with um, Glad and Kamara because they all have really good home weeks against um, bad teams. We all saw Lake is home against Houston, and Montreal is home against New England, who we've already talked about. So those are my three defender picks because they all have decent clean sheet opportunities. Uh, I've got the same. Uh, the only thing I can add is Campbell from Chicago. He's home against D.C., and uh, he's um, got that – DGW in 31 and a game in 32, so a good person to have on, on your team in the next four weeks. Um, I'm really excited about uh, Montreal's defense because they're gonna they're gonna clock New England after this <laughs> round. I mean, nothing nothing says 
slow, slow death, like um, a dead count, dead cat bounce on the weekend, losing the U.S. Open company, company, excuse me, U.S. Open Cup championship, and then flying to Canada, <laughs> French Canada, too. By the way, they're gonna get crushed this weekend. I want no part of that. Um, but I do want uh, stock in Montreal and. Um, Ambrose Oyongo is, I want to say, 6.4, and we'll get you an assist and a goal every now and then. So that's fairly cheap and not really exciting, but they're playing New England, and New England's season dies this week. So there you go. Do you agree with Howard as keeper? Um, yeah, absolutely. That guy's, uh, that guy's solid gold. I've seen it firsthand. And, and I'll, I'll just point out, um, Howard's good, but he's not going to have a double game week in 32 because he's going to be on international duty. So, I mean, I really like him for this week, but if you're expecting two games out of him in 32, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, speaking of disappointing keeper news, uh, Mike, did you have an update about San Jose? Yeah, um, Bingham played in um, started ninety. Apparently, his injury wasn't serious. We hadn't gotten any updates on him, and apparently, he was okay. It looked like it was a serious injury, but you know, San Jose is one of those teams that they don't have a very good injury disclosure policy or beat writers who are digging stuff up. So, I mean, we found that out on, I think, when the lineups were announced, maybe an hour or two before that Bingham was going to start. So, yeah, it seems like Tarbell is going to be back on the bench. So if you're like me and picked him up, hoping for a double game week in 30 and 31, you're going to be disappointed. And, and by one of those teams who doesn't have a very good injury disclosure, uh, by that you mean they're a team in the MLS? Yeah. I mean, weirdly enough, there are some teams that have good disclosure, like Chicago, randomly enough. But, um, yeah, most teams in MLS suck. Y'all probably don't want to hear me rant about that again. <laughs> no, of course not. I'm sorry about that. And I'm also apologizing for putting in a random the before MLS. Moving on to midfielders, which single game week player from last round, uh, any of them, are we are worth taking uh, or targeting with the, some of the three transfers that many players now have, which by many players apparently is just me on this podcast, but single game week players worth it this round. Um. I'm not sure any of them really are unless you have a transfer to bring them in and then bring them back out in 31 and 32. I'm guessing you probably don't have that transfer to play around with. So, I mean, really kind of look down and do your plan and get it tight if you're going to bring one of these guys in. Um, but but if you're looking, you know, Sasha Kluschen, Bradley Wright Phillips, the, the Red Bulls have been on fire. Uh, I think you have a good opportunity for chances and, and goals out of those two with Bradley Wright Phillips really being hot right now. Um, New York City, they, they have a pretty good um, schedule, you know, two home games and, and then a away game at Houston. Uh, so if you want to go Lampard, who's also been hot, David Villa. Um, other than that, you know, maybe some of uh, the single game guys that, you know, we've had for a while, um, Heck, even Giovanni Dos Santos or Valeri or, or someone like that. But, I mean, on, honestly, I think you're probably going to be better served 
saving your transfers for the double game week guys in 31 and the people who play in 32. Yes, by all means, spend your players getting ready for rounds 31 and round 32 while I differentiate my roster and try and make up all the points I lost this round. Um, <laughs> if you're not worried about trans transfers for the double game week, um, you're looking to target anybody that plays Columbus. They give up a lot of chances. Um, Kaka is great this round. You probably already have him or Molino or some combination of Orlando players. Maybe you don't, but if say you don't, then go ahead and add Kaka because, uh, you know, home game against Columbus, that looks pretty juicy. Um, agree with Lampard. Um, yeah, and if you don't have Piotti, that's pretty much insane because New England will be a worn-out wreck in uh, Quebec this weekend. Nobody mentioned Ladero. Ladero is the one single game week player from last round that I want on my team right now. Uh, Seattle's at home against Vancouver, another team that they could that's prime for the taking. And uh, I know he's not a, a a 32 player, but he is a DGW 31 player. So I really want Ladero right now. Yes, yeah, thanks for bringing on, him up. That's the one I was going to, to mention had not been been brought up yet. Yeah, I was thinking when they talk about single game week players, those who only who didn't have a double game week at all coming up. But yeah, if you want to get a single game week player from last round, yeah, I mean Ladero's must have, I think this week. Especially for those of us that have uh, Javi Morales, uh, he is questionable. There's you can't have a guy that you don't know is going to play on your roster. So sure. I'm transferring out. Joralis and, and, and bringing in Ladero. And even if Joralis was healthy, that schedule's not very good. He, I mean, he may yeah. not at home, but it's Houston, Dallas, and at San Jose. So especially with him injured, he's not going to get a whole lot of points. I had him scheduled to transfer out next round, but I'm moving him up to this round to, to jettison. Yeah, and before I move on, just a real quick to expand on what Ben was saying, just some of these teams that are worth getting guys to uh, – Bad defenses. That's what I'm trying to get up here. Um, I haven't updated this with some of the most recent numbers yet, but some of the teams with the worst chance of conceding or the best chance of conceding, however you want to look at that, at home, New York City, Columbus, Orlando City, Montreal, and Portland have pretty bad numbers with giving up goals at home. Then on the road, New England, Vancouver, Chicago, RSL, and Seattle, um, and also Orlando, same as Seattle at the time I made this chart pretty bad at giving up goals on the road. So those those are some teams that if they've got matches and uh, they have some strong offenses against them, you could get some points right there. I mean, some of these people are giving up over two goals a game on average at home. or uh, nobody, nobody at home, but on the road, New England. What the world, New England? That's bad. on your website? No, that's on an Excel spreadsheet I keep on my computer. Ugh. Keeping all the good stuff for yourself. <laughs> I Even use in my second stuff. But our second question in our midfielder section, um, how will Landon Donovan change L.A.? And I feel like maybe that there could be an entire podcast just about that, and there probably have been on the L.A. fan podcasts. But most importantly, is he worth getting for the rest of the fantasy season? So uh, Landon Donovan, the greatest U.S. player of all time, is back in the game. I'm sure you already knew that. But he's back in the fantasy game too. He's been added as a midfielder. Ten bucks. 
um, for a 15-minute sub, 10 bucks. there's absolutely no way I'm going to get Landon Donovan. <laughs> uh, I think his role with L.A. is more spiritual than actually on-field performance. Um, I think he's going to give that... I mean, he's already... Just in the one game he's been back, L.A. was on, firing on all cylinders, and um, the crowd was chanting his name, and, we want Donovan, we want Donovan. And, I mean, I think it's it's more of the experience than it is any actual fantasy performance with Donovan. Yeah, I mean, D Donovan, after the game on Sunday, said that when he came in, he was still the slowest player on the pitch. I don't think he's going to see much time going forward. I mean, L.A. was up big, so they didn't have anything to lose. He, he's going to be coming back slowly. I, I think by the time he would be worth anything, the, the season's going to be over. So I, I wouldn't dare to Donovan as, as enticing as that sounds. Maybe next year, but, but not this year. Get a Donovan tattoo, yes. Play him on your <laughs> fantasy team, no. Get a Wells Fargo bank account, yes. Get him on your <laughs> fantasy team, no. Go for a hat trick, Rick. <laughs> okay, guys, who are you picking for the midfield? Uh, well, at this point, for me personally, uh, I'm, I'm loving a lot of the uh, players from last double game week. You know, they they get the nice roll into the home home game. Kaká's great. Piotti is great. I've got Piotti, but um, I'm thinking about adding Kaká this week. Um, Lodero is great. I'm probably not as hype about him just because you have the uh, health health issue with uh, Clint Dempsey at this point, um, and uh, I've got Valeri too. Uh, you got to stand by your man. Am I right? Yeah, that that's similar to what I have. I have Ladero, uh, Piotti, and Kaká, but um, my my fourth midfielder would be Frank Lampard um, at home. He, he's been hot, so just kind of keep riding the hand. I don't have too much to add. Those are the same guys I have. Um, one thing we didn't mention about midfielders is Sebastian Legette. That was uh, he's a really popular guy since he was on a DGW last week. Um, he formerly played winger, then he was moved to number ten, which that really thrilled me. I thought um, if he could maintain that number ten while Gerard is out, then um, he could be a really a valuable fantasy player. But unfortunately, that lasted all of one game. And then he was moved back to defensive midfielder, which is the fantasy wasteland. Yep. So there's no way that you should be keeping Sebastian Legette on your team for the future. Um, I'm transferring him out, and I'm looking for another NYC player because I think they're that's the must-have team over the next two weeks. Is See, you, you bring up Legette, and that's a yeah. great point. I mean, yeah. he scored 12 points last round without a goal or an assist. Yeah. I, I think his value is still great until <laughs> Gerard comes back. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Legette is how he gets played. He seems to be a B option for Bruce Arena. And even though, I mean, if you look at his passing map for the match against RSL, it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. but That's when he played as a number 10. Exactly. And then he gets yeah. shuffled off because for some reason he's behind Gerard and Hector bringing in Donovan. He doesn't show a lot of confidence in a guy who, t to me, has proven that he's a not only a starter in MLS, but one of the better starters in midfield. That's because Bruce Arena sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, I think Phil mentioned it. You know, it, it's what is L.A. going to do with where they're playing? And with Bruce Arena's kind of weird rotations and lineups, 
that are just baffling at times. And we'll talk about that with Giovanni Dos Santos coming up. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to, to bank on any of the L.A. offensive options right now. You know, I was sitting there watching L.A. Orlando, and uh, here I am with Leggett, but not Dos Santos on my fantasy team. And all Leggett did that game was to pass to Dos Santos, who then <laughs> passed to somebody else who scored. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those just oh, moments. I'm like, stop passing it to Geo. Pass it to someone else. <laughs> or shoot it. Come on. <laughs> shoot the dang ball. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, but no, Phil made a good, uh, brought up a new question right there. What are the teams that you guys are considering as just must haves for these next two weeks, next two rounds? I said NYCFC. Uh, I think that's the must have team over the next two rounds. Um, uh, Lampard via both on form and at home in the uh, sandbox where they just shoot 20 times a game. So And and NYC is playing my FC Dallas this weekend, coming off the thrill of an Open Cup victory. Uh, they are going to have a really tough time in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I hope you all go 120 minutes and then spend a long time afterwards drinking and celebrating and all that good jazz. <laughs> oh, we will. Um, sure. but, we uh, have a young core. It doesn't matter. We can <laughs> play 120 and get so drunk we have to get our stomachs pumped and then show up and whip your ass on Saturday. <laughs> well, we know that Diaz can't do that. So, <laughs> Okay, well, That's everybody except for Diaz. We're going to put a strip of artificial turf between the dugout and the field just so Diaz can't make it home. <laughs> um, but you mentioned about well, what teams I'm looking at. Uh, we haven't mentioned any of the picks for them yet, but I really like Toronto's schedule. They're the only one, and they have a bye in 32, but they have home games this round, 30 and 31, and that's a DGW. So um, th- that's one of the teams I'm really looking at to make a big push. Uh, I think they have the best schedule of anyone coming up. Would you get one of their midfielders? No, I wouldn't get one of their midfielders, but I might get one of their forwards. Uh, <laughs> teaser. Well, then let's just go into our forward questions. Uh, we have a lot of them. Everyone was concerned about forwards this week. Uh, Dos Santos was hot after the start of this year. Then he sucked as the projected goal stats predicted, and he's now hot again. Um should managers stick with him or look for other options? Oh boy, that's a great question. Um, there was a little little bit of debate about uh, statistical performance for Keen, or not uh, Keen, but DeSantis with with Keen back in the mix, and it's not it's not promising. And one one definite take definite takeaway is if LA gets any kind of penalty kicks um, with Keen back. You you know who's taking him, and it's not Gio DeSantos; it's the Irishman. Um, so that's one potential outlet robbed. I don't necessarily agree with the contention that he or Keen, for that matter, uh, naturally play better with um, you know like a true target forward in there, um, and you know numbers uh, with LA playing the both of them at the same time kind of bear out that it's better for the team if uh, both of them are in the lineup at the same time. Um, kind of a, some statistical noise there. If you've got Dos Santos in the lineup, I think, at this point, um, you might as well keep him um, because it costs a transfer to get him out, and he's pretty hot right now. And 
Um, he's really actually got most of his stats and good scoring performances this year within, you know, a three or four week window at one point and what we're going through right now. So you might as well enjoy it while it lasts and whenever he puts up a two pointer, get rid of him. So if you've got him, you're going to keep him. I mean, that's already settled. But if you don't have him, should you buy him now? I mean, uh, I don't have him, and I'm not planning on buying him. I, I think next week uh, it's possible that Gerard is back. So that means that Dos Santos gets moved from the number 10 role out to the wing again. Uh, so that's a negative. Then they're at Sporting Kansas City next week, and their schedule is just not really that great. I'm really looking more to the future. Uh, like uh, Mike said, looking at Toronto players, uh, I really want a Toronto forward coming up, so I'm going to buy one of those. I already have Villa. Uh, right now I feel fine this week with Plata, and uh, and I still have BWP, so I feel like I've already missed that train, and it's not the right time to jump on. Agree, totally. Uh, if I had a choice between Josie Altador and... Gio Dos Santos right now, I would pick Josie Altador in a heartbeat twice. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned those key numbers. I actually wrote it down because I was just amazed at the stat. Um, with Robbie Keane, Dos Santos in 11 games has one goal and six assists. When Robbie Keane's not there, he has 13 goals and four assists. I mean, that's a really stark dis- difference. I mean, we can debate whether LA is better or not with both of them are not. Oh no no no! We can't. We can't. They, they average. <laughs> I, I know. I saw you with. I saw you get it with Matt Doyle on that. One point um, four points per game without Keen, over two with Keen. So no debate. No debate. Yeah, I mean, but as far as his chance production and his fantasy value, it's clearly down with with Keen back in the lineup. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't jump on that train right now. Plus, I mean, like like we said, the expected goals have not been favorable to him. He's been twice the expected goals all season. And, I mean, two of the goals he got this week were penalty kicks, which, like we said, he's not going to get going forward. So I don't think it's time to jump on the bandwagon now if you're not already on. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that it's just a BS stat, though. It's it's just one of many you should be looking at when you're trying to make these decisions. I, I think the uh, little nonsensical example I used during the, the pre-show when we were just chatting was if someone could have pointed me to that stat that was going to say that DC was going to score six goals, I would have loved it. But but those things don't exist. So um, the projected goal stats, I think when this question was asked, the guy was saying it, it doesn't consider streaks and it doesn't consider <clears throat> some of these runs with forming. And of course it doesn't. That's, that's something that it's, it's, pretty much impossible to quantify a streak and how long that's going to happen and when it's going to happen within any sport. But it's not like these numbers are pulled up out of nowhere or from small sample sizes. It's, it's usually a reflection of, of past historical examples. Not that that means they can't break away from that, but I think, Mike, you were even saying that question was one that looked like it wasn't going to happen, but everyone just kept saying, no, 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 the chances are there. This is going to happen. Right. I mean, I think where expected goals comes in really handy is when a player goes on a hot streak. And, and if nothing else changes, you can ask the question that's so important for fantasy, can this continue? Expected goals gives you a good idea of whether or not that can or cannot. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not perfect. You know, no stat um, is. And I mean, you have to be aware of roster rotations, um, where their role is, and all that changes. I mean, all of that is definitely important and can overrule 
any type of statistic, whether it's expected goals, regular goals, amount of key passes, all the kind of stats that we look to, you know, you have to couple that with knowing what the injuries are, knowing what the lineups are going to be. All of that is definitely important. But when you get to, is this player going to con- likely to continue to get chances? It's, it's very valuable. It's also valuable, like you said, in, hey, this player's gone cold. Is something wrong or is it just like a blip in form? And, I mean, we talked about the Red Bulls earlier this year. They were terrible, but the expected goals numbers were all re- always good for them becoming offensive juggernauts. And sure enough, they turn it around and are now, you know, some of the top fantasy options. So th- that's where it can become useful. It's not all-encompassing and you should never treat any one stat as determinative of your decisions. But it's a very useful stat, and if you want to take the time to look into it, it can really help you out. Well said, well said. Indeed, indeed it was. So moving on to our next question. Um, What do you do with Drogba between now and Double Game Week 31? Is he worth keeping, or will he still not likely play both games? Um, I think he's worth keeping, but he's still not li- likely to play both games just because they seem to be so cautious. Actually, as a matter of fact, you can count on him not starting because that's at Orlando for the second game of that double game week, and that's on an artificial turf, the worst artificial turf in MLS. He might not even play at all that round. Um, but I still think he's worth keeping. Uh, we talked about New England being terrible. Um, he's definitely worth keeping at home. Um, if you have the transfer, maybe in 30, transferring him out, since I don't, I don't know how likely he is to play in 31. But, yeah, he, he's worth keeping for now. I mean, he probably should have had a hat trick against Orlando um, the first time. He, he's he, When he plays, he's been very good. So um, I, I would keep a hold of him this round. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drogba. Sorry, guys. My, can, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Drogba. I'm getting rid of um, probably. I'm not this round. I mean, obviously, you know my feelings on what I think Montreal will end up doing to New England this weekend. Um, so, my debate would be what I'm going to do with him after this week, and I'm probably going to ditch him uh, while the getting's good this week. I mean, he could end up getting a hat trick this weekend, and that's not going to dissuade me from getting rid of him, rid of him after this, this round. Uh, I hope he scores four goals, and then I can sell him for a profit. That's what I hope. All right, there we go. Would you, if you came down between Drogba or Villa for this round, who would you go with? Ooh, that's a good hypothetical. I actually have both. Um, I would kind of rather have Drogba, actually, to be quite honest, because um, you know, Drogba takes set pieces, which occasionally goalkeepers from L.A. or <laughs> Philadelphia make a hash out of, and... <laughs> He scores a really lucky goal, and there's penalties too. Like with Lampard there, maybe he steals a penalty from Villa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess a little bit Drogba. 
I don't think Lampard would take a penalty from Villa. I think Villa's taken the penalty every time he's been on the field for New York. But I think I'd, I think I'd have to say... Yeah, Brian. but he's British. He's a bastard. By right of his British birth, he's <laughs> totally will steal a goal, a penalty from Villa, and you won't expect it. You won't see it coming. I'm, I'm, no, I'm with my warning, luck, warning, warning you from having your heart broken. No, with my luck, it'll be Mendoza who will take the penalty and it's <laughs> like a home run. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think Drogba, just because, I mean, FC Dallas, we know the quality that they have in defense. I'm sure these guys can go on and on about how good they are. Um, in the back with hedges, um, you know, in a, in a tight field, if Dallas is tired from the open cup and they want to play defensive, they can probably shut um, David Villa down. Whereas I don't think there's anything New England could do to shut Drogba down. So I, I would give the, the edge to Drogba. And what, what's this? Josh Saunders is stepping up to the spot. <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever. Uh, but as said a few people, who's your go-to player with Geo still out and no double game week for the next two rounds? I'm going with David Villa. Um, NYC at home to Dallas, coming off the Open Cup game, and then the following week, Chicago at home. Um, uh, certainly going to – well, I mean, about as certain as you can be that he's going to get a goal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David Villa, we talk about him every week on this podcast, or when I'm not here, somebody does, because he's just a fantasy all-star. I mean, he's an incredible player, and you got to have him. I wish I could join in with the David Villa love. Y'all know I'm always good for, for David Villa homerism, but I'm actually going to say it's Josie Altador. I mean, he is on such a hot streak, and being at home against all Eastern Conference teams – I think there's some real potential for for product, production there, um, so I'm gonna say that it's gonna be Josie Altidore. He's nine point five. I know. I don't know why I whispered that. To keep it secret. Keep it. He's safe. nine point five. There we go. <laughs> you, Reed, you just killed Guy Sanchez. You realize that's why you're whispering. <laughs> That's right. He, he hasn't been on the show because he's just so fed up with our outdoor love. <laughs> all this run of points. Uh, all right, guys, who are you looking at for your picks for forwards this week? Picks, I've uh, got Via. Um, I still have Plata from last round. He's got a favorable matchup. Um, I don't have Josie, but that's a great pick. And I don't have Drogba either. And that's kind of unfortunate. Well, for me, got to pick Villa. Uh, he's already on my team and always a threat to score. Um, if I'm looking to add a player this round, um, it's, it's probably out the door. I mean, that, that schedule does not lie, and he'll be taking penalties with Giovinco out. I'm kind of halfway sort of certain. Um, that's... Four, four home games in the next three rounds. I mean, that's your best odds for sure. And then, of course, uh, my uber favorite this round is Drogba. I mean, not only do you get the home game against a battered team, um, you're desperate to solidify your playoff position. But mm -hmm. 
you know, it, it's far and few between amongst the MLS ranks that you've actually settled a civil war in your life. So I always defer to that when I'm picking my fantasy football players. And uh, solid, solid. really, there's only one Drogba. I think we all have uh, – I have the same guys, Altidore, Villa, and Drogba. Very nice. There's a lot of agreeing going on right now. I like it. It's, it's very, very calming. The one guy we didn't uh, mention was BWP. He's uh, scored eight, eight, and ten the last three rounds. Uh, I still have him on my team. I never sold him or gave him up, and I don't plan on it. So, I mean, if you've got him and you don't want to waste the sub, then keep him. Why not, right? He's, yeah, I would keep him too. He's, he's, at, awesome. he's at Toronto, which, I mean, he can still score there. And then he's got two home games. So, I'm keeping him. And finally, let's see if we go three for three with this one as well. Who are you guys going to captain for this round currently? Uh, um, well, I, I think I know who Ben's going to go with for his captain pick. So uh, let me do something different. I'm going to go with Kaká against Columbus. At home, Columbus is just a bad team. They're pretty much giving up. I mean, they got battered by Vancouver <coughs> at home. I think they're just done. So I think Kaká is going to have a, a good good match this week. My first thought was Via, uh, at, because I'm looking at Dallas and just thinking about how we're going to be off the Open Cup and maybe it might be kind of a letdown game. I'm, that's just kind of what I was thinking from a even from a Dallas fan perspective. You you can't go wrong with New York except for when Poppy pulls his. Okay, I'm gonna like leave all the veterans at home, go across country and beat, you know, one of the Eastern Conference favorites three nothing in their house, like they did against Columbus last year. You, yeah, that's not something that you necessarily want to count on. However, it's not something that you necessarily want to count against either. Um, however, Montreal is going to blow the doors off of New England this round, and. Coin flip between Drogba and Piotti. I'll probably take the safe points and play Piotti because I'm a weenie. But if uh, I were going for the gold, I would I'd go with Drogba. We definitely did not go three for three with that one. So a lot of great options, a lot of great picks. Thank you guys so much for those picks and hope everyone was able to get some good ideas from these questions and uh, maybe feel like you're on the same path as some of these guys who are knocking on the top 10 right now. Now it's time for the community time, the fun time. I love this. And I'm very happy to say that the top scorer for the r slash fantasy MLS league this round, his name is JC. Pretty sure he changed his name because I thought it was whole name was there at the start of the round, but uh, he is the manager of team Crescent Fresh and he got 171 points this round, which was not just the top score for our slash fantasy MLS league, but the entire overall round 28. So congrats, JC. Well Woo. done. Well done. 171 points. And for even more fun, now it's the MLS Fantasy Insider head-to-head -head league. I took on Simon. Um, my 107 points, while impressive, I thought, did not stand up to his 120 seven points so well played simon uh i, I take that loss gracefully because those are two two very strong points 
Uh, next, we had Andrew taking on Ben Barrett. He just lost 93 to 95. It's hard to take on the bear at times. Ben is a vicious, vicious player. Uh, then Older Goler went up against my buddy Steve, our taco. And as expected, Older Goler won 106 to 38. So congrats, man. Mr. Guy Sanchez took on Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football first, and he won 116 to 106. More strong scores. Congrats, Guy. Next, Jason took on Travis. And as Mike already pointed out, Jason only scored 89 points. Well, unfortunately, he played Travis, who scored the highest in our entire league with 140 points, and that was without a Dos Santos captain. So, Travis, man, you rocked it this round. Sorry you couldn't be on the show tonight to talk about it, but I did it for you. And then finally, Mike? Yeah, um, I went against Fantasy Football 24-7. I got no, you didn't. You did not win. I did not win. Not even close. 133 to 90. So tough, tough competitors. I believe fantasy football 24-7 is second overall in the league now. Uh, Simon, I think, has bumped up to third. And I believe our friend uh, Mito or Mito, I don't know the proper pronunciation of that, uh, is fourth or fifth. So fantasy football 24-7 representing very well this year in the fantasy MLS game uh, though they did last year as well so no no big surprise we'll try to get them on the show sometime again as well coming up in our next round uh, simon is taking on travis andrew is taking on mike older goaler is taking on fantasy football 24 7 mr guy sanchez is taking on jason wiskovich so expect the memes to fly on twitter i am taking on my buddy steve thank you i needed that win and ben is taking on ivan the terrible from fantasy football first um, Phil, do you guys have any fun head-to-head leagues or anything that you all are in? Yeah, I'm in the head-to-head league with uh, the American Soccer Analysis guys, uh, americansocceranalysis.com. It's the resource to go to for expected goals and statistical analysis of MLS. And I'm running away with it. I'm going to win, and we've put in <laughs> money. So this is a, a oh. solid win for me. So I'm really excited about it. Are you in that too, Ben? Uh, I, I'm not actually. Um, my only head-to-head league is actually with uh, MFLS, which um, was one of the. Uh, well, I say one of. It was probably the original MLS fantasy soccer game. Um, yeah, they right. they started up in '96. Phils Phils yeah. in that league with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a head-to-head league, um, and Mark Wheeler ran that for oh. 20 years and just until last year um it had a a real reddit feel to it um and is actually like my first fantasy soccer game um and uh some of some of the people yeah mark shut it down this year and and some of them poured it over to mls and the rest of them just kind of disappeared and uh that's uh that's my head-to-head league story um, I'm 10th. <laughs> yeah, he actually uh, made some posts on uh, r sub r slash fantasy MLS at the beginning of the season just to, to advertise and try to find some of the old members. And of course, we let him do that gladly because we're all about the community. But yeah, they had a, a, a neat little thing running for a very long time, if if not the one of the original fantasy games. I remember playing it too, but it was even more overwhelming than the, the current MLS fantasy. <laughs> 
Oh yes. Well, it's I'm as I say, I think almost every week I'm finding head to head to be an absolute blast. I'm number two in my FPL work league. I, I lost for the first time this round. It was it was very bittersweet. But we have five leagues for our slash fantasy MLS in our MLS FPL leagues. And I, I went from third to fifth this this week in the R slash fantasy MLS head to head number five. So Kind of, kind of hard overall for me. With with my team, just did not produce the points like I had hoped they would, and I even wild carded. But it's so much harder in fantasy Premier League than it is with MLS. I don't, I don't like how they get points. But I love head to head. We're going to have more stuff next year, and I really hope this is an area of the game that gets developed more in the off season. That's all that we have for the show today. Thank you so much to Phil and Ben for coming out to us, and of course Mike for giving us the great injury news. You guys have any plugs? Let him go. Uh, Phil, um, Phil and I were writing, writing a fantasy article together for a long, long time. And probably our aggregate ranking is better than any, any fantasy analysts in the business. I I mean, if we're being, if we're, we're being fair and honest and humble about it, um, fair and balanced. That's what I always say. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think. I think Phil Phil's probably going to take the rest of the year off, and I'm probably going to spend the rest of the year uh, over at BigDSoccer.com um, writing some very off-the-radar sleeper picks so that uh, any potential competitors down the road – and this may not be important because I'm down to 23rd now after a really, really lousy week. Um, but I probably will uh, probably just be throwing out very randomoid picks for the next oh six rounds until the season lets out. So if you want some uh, deep dive analysis, you should come over to bigdsoccer.com and check us out. And by us, I mean me. <laughs> and my shaming will be on the 16th of October, FC Dallas versus Seattle game. If you can't make it down here to Frisco, then we'll post it on Twitter. It should be. Uh, I expect videos, and they will be retweeted yeah. forever. Yeah, but the funniest thing is if I'll actually be finishing higher than Ben, then we'll see. I'll have to give him a rib too. I, I still have my wild card, buddy. Uh, just, like, just like all the teams that aren't FC Dallas say, "Oh, we have games in hand." Well, you got to win those games in hand. <laughs> Mike? Oh, well, I have my normal stuff, you know, the injury report on MLS Fantasy Boss right before the deadline, as well as, like I mentioned earlier, I'll have an article coming out that you can share with uh, anyone you want to um, do that uh, red line challenge, kind of looking through what your options would be um, if you're going to play that. So uh, hopefully that'll be a good resource for people who want to jump into the game now so that they, they can get some money. Very nice. And of course, you can catch all the stuff that I post over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. I already have up my form and difficulty charts that you can check out that ranks the teams through these next six rounds. Uh, Then there are going to be more things popping up from Mike and from Jason, most likely, unless he's too busy. But Blaine's going to post things, which will be a good source for potential players for your 120 
million dollar team for the Fantasy Redline Challenge. But all sorts of stuff, live chat will be popping up there, as well as a recap article that has been including Big D Soccer's Fantasy Fisticuffs for the past several rounds. So check that out. There's lots of good people who are providing some insight onto the show. And thank you so much for listening tonight, and good luck. <laughs>